Well, good morning and welcome to Grace. I'm Pastor Ryan. Well, today, once more, the church is gathered outside as we continue in our foundational study of God's commissioning of his people. Today, we examine the subject of blessing, specifically how God's blessing of Abraham follows a pattern of his previous blessings and also foreshadows the blessings of Christ for the church. Thanks for listening today as we celebrate God's favor over his people to equip them to reach the nations in his name. Well, as I mentioned, uh, this the subject for today that we're focusing in on is blessing. And uh, all that God kept speaking to me was, um, I will provide, I will provide, I will provide. So again, my gratitude, uh, my love, my thanks and appreciation to you, my church family, for showering your blessings upon me and my family and providing for us. So thank you so much. Um, that really is going to be the theme as we look into God's word. But I want to make sure that for all of us here, we have it characterized within the series that we're looking in. Remember, the front of your bulletin has your marching orders. What is the church supposed to do on earth? What, what is your function on earth? Well, it's to show the message of the gospel and to tell the message of the gospel. That's what we're here to do. Uh, we are going to be looking at starting next Sunday... All of five, I think we're going to find five of them, one out of each of the Gospels, and then in the book of Acts, the commissioning from Jesus to his disciples, to the church, um, uh, to, to go make disciples. This is what the function of the church is. This is what your purpose is. However, before we can get to the Gospels, we have to build our foundation. And just as a point of review, I remind you, last week we looked at God's design for the human creature. Your purpose, your function, you were created to represent God, be, being God's ambassador, being God's manager in his garden. God's creation was made for his glory and you were created to manage it and, and, and help it to produce as much glory for God as he has potentialized and put within it. You are his representative he is the king, so we also reflect his, his kingship in his rule, and that's what the human creature was designed to do, to rule um, over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and every living creature on the ground. We were designed by God for relationship. That relationship is seen, first of all, in the, horizon, in the, um, in the vertical with God, but then designed in relationship for one another and all creation. And then lastly, you were designed for reverence, for God blessed the human creatures. And he gave to them the gifts from the earth. All right, that was design. That was a review from last week. And what that does for you and I as followers of Jesus is it defines our marching orders now. If that was true then, and if you remember the, the mirror, how the image of God was broken, it has been for you and I restored in Jesus Christ. So today, you get to reflect God. Do you, remember, do you remember how we ended last Sunday's message with that song? Uh, the, the, the song? The message of the song was that people, as they look, of, look at you, what should they see? More of you or less of you? Turn to your neighbor and say, less of you. <laughs> oh boy, a little inflection there. Yeah. Um, you should see, see less of you and they should see more of Jesus. That's what God, that's what God has done for us. He has repaired the human creature 
in Jesus and then has given his spirit so that now you are equipped and enabled to rightly reflect and reveal who God is. That was all review for last week. Today is also foundational, and we're going to continue in the Old Testament looking at God's structuring for his plan now that, that the humans have fallen, now that depravity has overwhelmed us through and through, he is going to provide an answer, he's going to provide a way so that his plan, his strategy, will once more reach all peoples. Um, the subject, however, for this is the subject of blessing. And I hope that today as we read God's word and as we look through our, our observations in the text, that you are able to see what God has done for you. That's my hope. Let me just repeat that because if you leave here today and you're only thinking about lunch, you're going to miss it. What has God done for you? How has God blessed you? We're going to return to that question as we get to the end of it. But we're going to be in Genesis chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, open up right there to the front of your Bible, Genesis chapter 12. Uh, but we're going to be reading what I think many people could could rightly say is the most important verse in the entire Old Testament. It's absolutely in the top five. Um, I, I could make an argument that this passage is the most important verse in the entire Old Testament. But I mean, I got some other favorites too. So we're just going to put in the top five. Genesis chapter 12, verses one through three. As we have time to look through it, we're going to find that there are going to be Four, uh, three different sets within four primary observations. Um, you should have some sermon notes that will help you trace through the structure of the message this morning. All right, Genesis 12, starting in verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Okay, the passage that you've just read um, begins in the narrative of Genesis, the first part of what is commonly referred to as the Abrahamic covenant. God here is making a promise with a particular people. He, he is looking down on earth at the human creatures and he is going to make uh, a covenant, a promise with them. And that's the subject that we want to really unpack today. And in four ways, four primary observations that we can identify from this text, the nature of God's blessings. In fact, there's no other passage I'm aware of in the Old Testament that has such a concentration of the word to bless than the verses that we just read. So this is it. If, if, you're, if you were going to look for trying to get a definition for what is the Old Testament, what does the Bible teach about blessing, this is it. This is the place that we would want to begin. First, uh, first point, uh, if you have sermon notes, this is the first blank there. That means to be blessed by God is to be equipped to bless others. Let me say that again. To be blessed by God is to be equipped 
to bless others. We see this in the text in verse 2, as he says in the very first two lines, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make your name great. And then look at the concluding fourth stanza there. He says, and you will be a blessing. God says, I will do these things. I will bless you. And then you will bless others. So to be blessed by God means to be equipped to be a blessing to others. There's three things that this means for us. First of all, it means that God's blessings are foundational. The blessing of God is foundational. I, I want to make sure that you're catching this. Who is doing the blessing to begin with? Verse 2. God is the one doing the blessing. Uh, this is not a word that... Uh, Moses here recording this narrative for us is just using haphazardly or arbitrarily. This is the exact same word that's used back in Genesis 1 and 2 that we we looked at. We kind of studied it last week that as God goes through the days of creation, as he begins to fill the sea and the air with the creatures, do you know what God does for them? He blesses them. That's the exact same word. And then on day six, as God works for the creatures on the earth and then the human creature, do you know what God does for them? He blesses them. And then on the seventh day, he takes a rest from his work. Do you know what God does with the seventh day? He blesses it. Here's what I want you to see. Everything begins with God's blessing. Everything that you in your life have encountered has started from God's love and grace and mercy to bless. So, blessing is foundational. You, you, if you've been uh, blessed by God, you're equipped now to bless others, but that's because it's foundational. The second thing I want you to see is that blessing is relational. Um, not only does God bless, but he blesses so that you will bless who? Other people. You are designed to bless others. So blessing is always relational. It starts with God. It moves to you, but it never stays with you. I sometimes think of the spiritual gifts that we read about in uh, 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, we'll, do a, we'll do a series on spiritual gifts someday, but um, there's a whole bunch of them listed there. And right at the beginning, the Apostle Paul says that every one of you has received a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, meaning a gift of the Holy Spirit. Do you know why? Guess who it's not for? Say, it's not for me. Oh, no one said it. Say, it's not for me. It's not for me. That's right. Your, your blessing of the Holy Spirit and his equipping of you, it's not for you. Guess who it's for? It's for everyone else. God has blessed you so that you relationally get to bless others. <clears throat> As we're reading here in Genesis 12, we already, we already covered how blessing is foundational in Genesis 1. But between Genesis 1 and Genesis 12, there is another blessing. There's another story. I wonder if you can get your wheels turning to think, where else did God bless somebody? <clears throat> Anybody want to shout out what they think the answer is? It's between 1 and 12. There's a story about a big, big boat. There's a story about a flood that was going to come. And the Bible says that after the floodwaters receded and Noah and his family exited the ark, do you know what God did for Noah and his family? He blessed them. And there is a repetition of something that God said back to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve's duty was to fill the earth. So God blessed them 
so that they could fill the earth. Now, do you know what Noah's, Noah's job and Noah's family's job is to do again? Fill the earth. So do you know what God does for Noah? He blesses Noah. And then sure enough, right here in chapter 12, once more, we see blessing. So you have it with Adam and Eve, you have it with Noah, and now you have it with Abram. What do you think the pattern is teaching us? Adam and Eve, I bless you to relationally fill the earth. Noah, I bless you to relationally fill the earth. And now Abram, I'm blessing you so that you will, do you guys see the pattern? Relationally go and be a blessing to the whole earth. So it's foundational, it's relational, and then thirdly, it's dimensional. This is, the, this is probably the most important one that I want to just spend a second on. By dimensional, what I mean is that the blessing is first in the vertical, so God is, God is blessing on this axis first so that second, the blessing happens on the horizontal. You have to make sure that you understand that because here is the error that I think happens sometimes within church. I fear that sometimes we think that blessing is up to us. Come on, be honest now. Have you ever felt that kind of sense of guilt that, oh, I got to do a better job as a Christian and I'm just not such a good Jesus follower and I, I should be doing more? I mean, I, I'd be willing to say on some level, all of us feel at times a sense of guilt. And I think if you do, you've made an error on the dimensions because the blessing is not dependent on you. The blessing is dependent, first of all, on God. Uh, understand this. The text does not say that Abram will do the blessing. Look with me again in the text. Verse 2, the last line, and you will, what's it say? You will be a blessing. Um, uh, writer uh, Kevin D. Young has this quote from Eckhart Snobble. He says, Abram does not receive an assignment to carry Yahweh's blessings to the nations. Rather, the nations are promised divine blessing if and when they see Abram's faith in Yahweh and when and if they establish contact with his descendants. The call of Abram is not about a community blessing program. It's about God's unilateral promise to bless fumbling Abraham and bless the nations through faith in the promised seed that will come from his family tree. <clears throat> I hope you're catching this. The blessing is not dependent on you. The blessing comes simply, simply by obeying God to go. It's dimensional. It rests, the blessing rests on God's shoulders. He will bless Abram and then Abram won't do a blessing. He will what? He will be a blessing. Um, here, here's a way I was trying to think of this. Um, the other day I was, I was driving back from my mom's and I saw a deer on the side of the road. And as, the, as I got closer, do you know what I saw with the deer? I saw a little bitty fawn. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but my heart melts every time I see the white spots of that little wobbly, wobbly-legged fawn just chasing after its mommy. And like, I could be having the worst day. I, I could be going through all kinds of stress, but I see that and I'm just like, aww. I mean, anybody else with me on that? Like, now, let me ask you the question. What did the fawn have to do to be a blessing to me? What, 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 was it up late at night thinking, geez, I know I got to try to encourage somebody now. Do I, what do I got to do? All it did was show up. All, all it did was what it was designed to do. And it was a blessing. This is why the dimensionality of blessing is so important for us. You need to make sure that you do not carry any kind of self-imposed 
righteousness of I am a blessing. It's, it's right, it's me, I'm the one who's the blessing. It's not. It's God who has blessed you will make you a blessing simply by virtue of what he has promised. So that's, that's what I mean by dimensionality. <clears throat> it's foundational, it's relational, it's dimensional because to be blessed by God is to be equipped to be a blessing to others. And you will do that simply by obeying God. Number two, to be, to be blessed by God is to be united in blessings. So look with me on verse three. Um, God continues here in speaking to Abraham. He says, I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. God's design within a blessing is that it's never kept to one's own, but it's always designed to be like Velcro. It's always designed to gather others so that in all things we have unity. So to be blessed by God is to be designed to be designed to be united in blessings. Now there's three implications with this. The first is that blessing is therefore covenantal. This is a really important verse in our Bible because this is where God makes promises with mankind. God's promise here with Abraham is to bless and God's design is to bless all of Abraham's descendants. That that is what the offer is. Every single person within Abram's family, because he's going to become a nation, he's going to have a seed that will come from him. All those individuals by God's wish God's desire is to be within a covenantal unified blessing so there is a type of unity within scope to be blessed by God now I hope you see this within the church I I don't know if you've ever had a time where you you were in church or were a part of a church but you never really felt like you belonged like there was an, an an us and them mentality I don't know if you've ever gone through that I hope you don't I pray you never do here But God's design in making a covenant is that we would have unity within one another. That we would be drawn towards one another because the promise was, I'll bless those who bless you. There there, there is this drawing together. So first of all, blessing is covenantal. However, for Israel, I want to just give you two examples where that was forfeited. Where the disunity broke the covenant on their side of things. So the first example of this is when we see um, Abraham and Sarah trying to take matters into their own hands. If, if we fast forward a little bit more, we'll read in the story that God's going to promise a child to Sarah. And Sarah is old. I mean, she is not prepared to have a baby. So she, uh, she really laughs at God's promise to have a child. Um, Abraham believes it, but years go by, and guess what? There's no baby. There's no nursery, there's no rocking chairs, there's nothing. And so these two uh, uh, smarty pants think, I know, let's, let's, let's get the show on the road here. And Sarah offers her handmaiden, Hagar, so that a child will be born through her that will belong to Sarah. Now you guys know the story, right? Ishmael is the child that's born. But understand, God's covenant does not continue with Ishmael. There's a blessing that comes along with Ishmael because God will always keep his end of the bargain. But on the human side, do you know what the humans did? They broke the agreement because they did not trust in God's promise. They did not follow by faith. So that's the first example of how that got broken. The second one I want to give you is Esau. You guys remember the story of Jacob and Esau? 
So the story we have, and I'll just make it very brief, is that as God's promise was given here, usually within the family, the older child received the blessing, the firstborn would receive the blessing. God had elected such that this would not be the case, but it was proven true through, and the text says, Esau's despising his birthright. Think of that word for a minute. Well, what's it mean to despise something? I mean, it's just, I just hate it, man. It's like like eating fish liver or something. I mean, it's just, I just hate it. It's disgusting, right? The, this was Esau's attitude towards God's promise, towards God's covenant. So I want to make sure that on the one hand, we see blessing as covenantal. On the very other hand, we see how very easily that covenant can get broken, when we refuse to trust in God's promises. Secondly, under uh, to be a blessing is to be united in blessings, is that blessing is ethical. Th- this is really important because if you look back in the text, it says, I'll bless those who bless you. There was to be for the nation of Israel, for Abraham's descendants, a characterization of their behavior that marked them off as distinct from the nations. Don't let me lose you here, you guys. The, the nations worshipped other gods and therefore followed by behavior, their character, their values, their actions, their words were despicable. They, they would uh, offer sacrifices of their own infant children. Um, they would profane God's name. Uh, they would indulge themselves in the, in the desires and gratifications of the flesh. Like the, the character of the nations was just terrible for what God would want within the human creature. And so there was to be a different kind of character that united the people of God because I'll bless those who bless you. So blessing here is also ethical. Again, I want to give you two examples of how Israel broke the the unifying of the ethical nature of God's blessing. The first comes uh, in the story of the bronze serpent in Numbers 21. Do you guys remember that story? The the children of God are being led out and there in the wilderness, um, they begin, uh, the word is to speak against God. I I hope you've never seen that in your life. I, I feel like if at any point you hear somebody speaking against God, you don't understand the danger, dangerous water you're swimming in for that. Um, but that's exactly what happened. And so what God did, and this is interesting, some people think that it was uh, the devil. It wasn't the devil. Uh, some people think it was, you know, some form of evil. It wasn't evil. It was God who sent snakes into the community to bite the people and make them sick and die. Why did this happen? Because their character their ethical behavior did not look unified. It did not look distinct from the nations. Second example I want to give you comes from the story of Achan in Joshua chapter 7. Uh, I think we actually talked about this a year ago, or it could be more, but the, the story is the Amorite army was now somehow overpowering the Israelite army, and Joshua goes before the Lord, pleads with him, why is this happening? And God says, it's because you have somebody in your community who is actively harboring sin. Uh, Three terms are are used to describe this. Um, He lied, he coveted, and he stole. So he, he saw some treasure that they weren't supposed to have. He coveted the treasure, and then he stole the treasure, and then he hid the treasure. 
And this happened without anybody knowing it, except do you know who knows all things? Do you know who sees all things? So God knew about this. And so now you lost the blessing within the community as the Amorites began to overwhelm the Israelites. And why did this happen? This happened because there was not unity within the community. And so blessing became eroded. So just make sure that you're still tracking with me here. Uh, To be blessed by God means to be unified in blessings. And we see that first of all, covenantally we see that secondly ethically and then the third one here again is another most important one we see that conditionally um there's a lot more i want to say on this one but let me let me see if i can make it brief god's god's interaction with humans is both unconditional and conditional we had a good bible study about a month ago where we just dove into this subject uh, in, in a lot of depth To be unconditional, God makes promises that do not depend on humans. So, uh, for example, his election of those who are to be used for his purposes is unconditional. God will choose those people to be used for his glory regardless of what they are planning on doing. They still have a say in it, but it just happens to happen right in line with God's unilateral, unconditional election of them. Uh, Also, the the work of... uh, uh, God's salvation in our lives. Uh, we we look at this and see that the description is called re- regeneration. The, the, the being made new in our lives is something that God does unconditionally for us. So the, the, the terminology that, that we're given in the Bible is that you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Now let me just ask you, we've talked about this before. What can dead people do? Very little. They're terrible at mowing the lawn and making dinner. Like, dead people don't do much except be dead. And this is what you and I are in our sins. And so there's nothing you can do. God doesn't condition regeneration upon you. He does it unconditionally. So I want you to understand there are some things that God does that are unconditional. But your participation in the blessings that he offers is conditional. It is conditional upon how you follow in line and obedience with what God has commanded. There, there is a really erroneous teaching that exists in the church today that sometimes is referred to as, some people call it once saved, always saved, but that's not the right term for it. Really, what it's called is easy believism. Um, the, the false teaching is the idea that all you need to do to be saved is just pray a prayer. Just say, Lord, save me, uh, save me in Jesus' name, amen. And now I got my fire insurance from hell. Now, now I'm all set to go. I can live my life any way that I want after the same desires as an unredeemed old creation. But I pray to prayer in church. That, that's called easy believism. And that could not be worse teaching to happen in the church. The, the church is filled with people who are not saved because they do not have the Holy Spirit making them renewed, regenerated from within. That's something that God does unilaterally, but your enjoyment of the blessing is conditioned on obedience. Maybe if, as I'm describing this to you, it sounds a little confusing, please come and see me. I'd love to talk to you in greater depth about this. But I do want you to see that in God's design to bless you, to be united in blessings, it is conditional. Um, maybe just one place we could look at real quick. We got time? Oh, geez, we're really running out of time. Okay, here we go. I'm doing it anyways, though. Um, Psalm 25. Turn to Psalm 25, please, in your Bibles. Psalm 25. We're just going to have Bible study for a good 
90 seconds. I promise we'll make it quick. Psalm 25. What I want you to catch here is the nature of God's conditional blessings that are given to his people. His design is that blessings unite one another, but it's still conditional. By the way, this probably shouldn't be too hard for you all to catch because do you remember what it said in Genesis? I'll bless those who bless you and I will... Do you remember that part? Yeah, so clearly this is conditional. Uh, a show, show of hands. Who wants to be under God's cursings? Come on, raise them high. Let me see the hand. Anybody? No. So you already understand that there is a possibility that my cursing of God's covenantal promises with God's people will inevitably result in my being cursed by God. Do you see the conditionality? All right. Anyway, Psalm 25, starting in verse 8. You guys with me? Give me an amen if you're with me here. Okay, here we go. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. Who's he instructing here? The the righteous? Sinners he's talking about. Fallen people, just like me and you. Here we go, verse 9. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. What's the condition of of being guided in what's right? You have to be what in your spirit? Proud or humble? Conditioned. Humble. Number uh, Verse 10. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful for those who keep the demands of his covenant. So if you want to be in God's loving and uh, faithful ways, you have to be following after his commands. Uh, Verse 11, for the sake of your name, O Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. Who then is the man who fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way chosen for him. Who does God instruct? Verse 12, the one, the man who fears. Okay, I could keep going with this. There's a lot more here, but do you guys get the point? Are, 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 you, are you catching the conditionality of God's blessings? God longs and loves to bless you. I, I don't want to put my son too much on, on the spot for this, but there are times in my relationship with him where his behavior isn't quite what I expect. And I have to tell him, I, I, I have to say, son, I want to bless you. Like, like my greatest joy as a father is to, is to dote upon my children and give them the things that they want and the things that they desire. Like, I love to do that. But when the behavior looks disrespectful, when it looks like not dishonoring to his mother and myself, I can't, I can't bless him with that. So, th- so that I- I'm not removing his um, f- familial connection. He- he's, no, he's not my son any longer. He's always my son. But his enjoyment of the blessing is conditional on how he's following in obedience with the expectation of his father. Does this make sense? We're on the same page here. Okay. So just as review, the second point here is to be blessed by God is to be united in blessings. That's seen covenantally. It's seen ethically. And that's seen conditionally. All right. Number three, to be blessed by God is to be woven into God's mission. To be blessed by God is to be woven into God's mission. You got to be careful with this one. Um, if I said... Uh, I'm, I'm handing out I'm handing out new uh, T-shirts today. Anybody anybody come and get a T-shirt? But if you get a T-shirt, you're going on the mission trip. Do, do you see Do you see the issue? Like, to, oh, I want that. I want to be blessed. Okay, if you're going to be blessed, you have to understand that that now means you're going to be part of a mission. You're going to be now part of a program and a design for which the blessing is created for. 
So to be blessed by God means that you're now woven into his mission. And I want you to see this back. Turn back to Genesis 12 if you haven't already. Back in Genesis 12, you'll see at the end of verse 3, he says, I'll bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you, and all peoples on earth will be blessed by you. What's God's mission? It's for all people. God longs and desires to see all peoples blessed. Now, I want you to see this in another place as well. We're, we're going to talk here about the, the first, the first um, implication of this is that blessing is missional. Did, I don't know if you caught this at the beginning of 12. Before God says, I'm going to bless, I'm going to bless, I'm going to bless. Before he says all that, do you remember what he says in verse 1? He says, leave where? I got, guys, I got the coziest bed. I mean, I got a dent that's just perfectly, I mean, it's just so cozy. And we turn the air conditioner on when it's nice. I mean, woo, it's just lovely. And I got, I got cupboards and I got a couch and it's got this reclining feature. And, oh, it's just, it's the best. So comfortable at home. I'm so comfortable. What did God say to Abram? Le- leave your home. What? Le- leave my home? Look also what he says. Leave your people. I don't like I don't like those other people. We already talked about how terrible Jonah was, right? World's worst missionary ever. Hated uh, uh, the Gentile people. God says to Abram, you, you don't get to be with the people you enjoy. You've got to leave those people. You don't get to stay in the home that you're comfortable in. You need to leave your home. You need to leave your father's household. Now, just think about the implications of that. In that culture and in that day, to stay in your father's household mean that when your father dies, what do you get? You get to cash in when dad dies, right? Because that, that's all the inheritance that's coming to me. And God says, I want you to leave all that. I want you to leave it. And then we have a really important missional verb. It's two letters long. Can you find it there in verse one? Say it good and loud if you got it. Go. Go. I want you to leave and go. Understand this, to be blessed by God means to be woven into his mission because blessing is missional. If I had the screen right here, I'd show you this verse. I'm going to read it to you. This out of Romans chapter 10. Paul says, how then can they, these are the nations, how can they call on the one they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one that they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent. As it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You need to understand this. If you are blessed by God, you are now on God's agenda, his mission to bless the nation. So first of all, it's missional. Secondly, it's multinational. Uh, This is another important one for us. We don't have a lot of ethnic diversity here. Just look around for a minute. Take a look, right? Everybody looks like we're related, right? We don't have we don't have a lot of that where we live, but you know it exists in the rest of the world. And this is why it's important for those of us that don't encounter people who look different from us very often. It's all the more important that you come prepared to know how to understand God's design for people who look different than you. God's design is not just for the UP. God's design is not just for the people that look like you. God's design is for multinational all tongues, all tribes all nations. Now, I want to show you again in the text where this is, end of verse 3, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. 
This is such an important verse that it gets repeated five times throughout the book of Genesis. I just want to read those to you real quick. Genesis 18, 18. Listen to the words, and I'm going to emphasize the nation, the multinational component. Genesis 18, 18. In Abraham will be blessed all nations of the earth. Genesis 22, 18. In your seed, all nations will bless themselves. Genesis 26, verse 4. In your seed, all nations of the earth will bless themselves. Genesis 28, 14. In you will be blessed all kinship groups of the earth and in your seed. I got an email from um, a friend yesterday who I met in seminary. Uh, He and his wife are serving as missionaries. Um, I worked with his wife's family on the mission field, and they gave an update, just like the letter Lois read today, just another mission family that we support and pray for. As I read through that letter and heard all of the amazing things that these missionaries were doing, my heart started to beat fast. I just started to... I just started to feel again that love, that work that God is doing in people's lives that gets me excited to be a Christian. All kinds of various things from helping with medical care to training church leaders to educating K through 12 students to translating the Bible in new and other languages to making resources for churches to use uh, natively, nationally where they live and to equip the church globally. If that doesn't get you going, there's something wrong with you. I hope that doesn't offend you, except if it does, good. Listen, you need to make sure that you understand God did not save you for you. His blessing in your life is designed such that you will get on his program for his mission. It's missional, it's multinational, and then again, this third one is always the most important. Here's the third one. It's Christological. This is going to take a minute. Again, always these third ones are the ones that I have to spend more time on. But God's God's weaving you into his mission looks directly at Jesus Christ. In the book of Galatians, Paul is addressing a church that is confused. He's addressing a church that thinks they have to go back and earn salvation by what they do. And so Paul's answer is... Stop looking at Moses, what Moses told you to do. Go back before Moses. I want you to look at Abraham. What did Abraham really have to do for God to bless him? Answer is nothing. Except believe. That's all he had to do. If you believed God, you would be blessed by God. That's this covenant right here. And here's what these verses are. This is Galatians chapter 3. I'm going to give you verse 16 and 19 and 26 and 29. Paul says, All right, don't let me lose you. Do we need a stretch break? Are you guys all right? I got to get a drink of water here. Hey, we're wrapping up real quick. I got like two minutes left, so here we go. Galatians 3, 6. The promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Scripture does not say, and to his seeds. Gotta make sure you catch that. If you look, are you still with me in Genesis? Look, Look in Genesis Just across the page a little bit, down to verse 7, chapter 12, verse 7. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. Um, My NIV has the word offspring there, but it has a little note next to it that says that the word here that's used is actually the word seed. Not seeds. It's not plural. It's singular. 
Are you guys tracking with me so far? God's promise to, to ultimately do the blessing, it's not made plural. It's made to one seed, one person. This again is Paul in Galatians. He says, the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Scripture does not say, and to seeds, meaning many people, but and to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. Why the, verse 19, why then was the law given at all? It was added because of transgression until the seed to whom the promise referred had come. Verse 26, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized in, for all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heir according to the promise. All right, let me see if I can give you an example to understand this. Paul says this. If, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've been baptized into Jesus. Do you know what that word baptized mean? The, 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 word, the Greek word baptized means to, to completely dip. It means to immerse. Like if you, if you were at a Super Bowl party and you had ranch dip and a chip, do you know what it means to baptize that chip? Oh, yeah. You, I mean, you get it all the way in. Right? That's, that's what it means to baptize. He says, if you are in Christ, you've been baptized in him. You, you are completely dipped in Jesus. And then he uses a better word. He says, you've been clothed. You have clothed yourself with Jesus. Um, my, do- my daughter saw me cleaning a fish. And then later at dinner, do you think she was excited to eat that same fish? No. So you know what I did is I got some extra breadcrumbs, some flour, a little bit of cornstarch for crispiness. I got some um, some uh, kind of buttermilk, put a little ranch dressing in there and an egg and just, oh yeah. You know what I did with that fish? I made that fish look like a chicken nugget. <laughs> That's what I did. The, 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 this is the point. You, you, you're broken. I am broken. I, I am, I am a sinner. I, I am, I'm, I'm disgusting before God's holiness. My sin is repulsive before God's holiness. So, do you know what I need? I need a special breading. I need a special covering that makes me acceptable. You kind of get where this illustration goes from. Like she liked it. She liked the fish. She thought it was a chicken nugget because what what happened to it? It was covered with something that made it look beautiful, delicious, and wonderful. And this is exactly Paul's point. The promise given to Abraham is and his blessing, it's Christological, meaning it speaks about Jesus. And if you have placed your faith and trust in Jesus, you are baptized in Jesus. You have the breading of Jesus all over you. You, are, you have clothed yourself in Jesus. So now when God looks at you with all that sin and disgusting underneath, he doesn't see it anymore. For you have been atoned by the blood. You have been covered over by the blood of Jesus. And Jesus now stands as our mediator our intermediary between the holiness of God and the brokenness of man is Jesus. Hey, thank you. That was a good amen. There's one other thing God did for us too. He didn't want to leave you as a stinky piece of fish. I like fish, by the way. I'm not trying to dish fish here, but he didn't want to leave you as a sinner. So he gave you a Holy Spirit to remake you from the inside out. And so now you actually have the righteous requirements of the law being fully met in us 
those of us who walk not according to the flesh, but those of us who now walk according to the Spirit. And do you know what that looks like in our lives? It looks like being filled with love, joy, and peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness. That's what it looks like. So, understand that to be blessed by God is to be woven into God's mission, that, that, that His blessings are missional, meaning, what's the two-letter word? Say it good and loud. Go. It's, it's multinational, meaning God loves all nations, and then it's Christological, meaning that you have to see the promises made to His seed, to Jesus. And if you are in Jesus, then you are in His seed, and you get to inherit the blessings of God. All right, lastly, and number four, to be blessed by God is to be given what you don't deserve. Um, I, I had finished my sermon. I had sent the sermon notes to Wendy. And then I went over it and I said, I totally missed this. I can't miss this. This might be the most important one of all. Wh- what was it about Abram that was so awesome that God blessed him? What was it? Nothing. It was nothing. There was nothing virtuous within Abraham that demanded God's blessing. God's blessing was given because God is gracious. And so to be blessed by God is to be given what you don't deserve. There's three, just three ways I wanted to write this out. Um, Blessing is gracious, blessing is merciful, and blessing is love. Do you know that Abraham has has another name given to him that no one else in the Bible has? He is called a friend of God. How cool is that? Um, I, if you, th- if you think of who, who, who your favorite celebrity is, maybe it's a, uh, I don't know, just think of your favorite sports player, whoever you, the, the celebrity that you would love to get to meet someday. For me, it was, it'd probably be Michael Jordan. There was one time, uh, we were on vacation and I, and, and Michael Jordan was there and he was totally was, I'm not making this up. I wasn't dreaming. Michael Jordan was there. He was walking down the hallway this way. And I, with Emily, you can ask her, I was walking this way and the, and the hallway kind of bottlenecked so that. Me and Michael Jordan walked like I could have touched him. It was amazing. Like I was, I was kind of uh, Twitter pated the whole rest of that day. Having seen Michael Jordan, she kept being like, "Go ask him for his autograph." I was like, "I can't." How cool would that be if, as I walked past Michael Jordan, he was like, "Sup, Ryan? Sup, man?" The people who were with me would be like, "You know him?" I'd be like, "Yeah, we're friends." Mike, yeah, we're friends. How cool is it that Abram is called a friend of God and that you, by virtue of your faith in Jesus Christ, are welcomed into that same blessing. You don't deserve it. You can't earn it. It comes only because of God's love in your life. I want to I end, end by talking about my dad for a minute. You, you, have, you have in your application a question. How has God equipped you by blessing? As, as I'm wrapping up here, I want you to try to answer that. We're going to listen to a song as we end. Uh, and you're, you're going to need a pen. I put blanks in your sermon notes. So find somebody with a purse. Ask them for a pen. Get t- I, want, I really would love it if you took a moment and tried to answer that question in the sermon notes. How has God equipped you to be a blessing? But let me talk about my dad for a minute. As my dad uh, had Lou Gehrig's uh, disease, ALS, continue to steal uh, functionality from his life. It started, started with his ankle, moved its way up, moved its way up, moved its way up, eventually took his life. I became more aware of those things that I have taken for granted. 
Did you get out of bed this morning? Did anyone anyone here get out of bed this morning? Do you know that's a, that's a blessing? There was a time in my dad's life where he was not able to get out of bed. Did you feed yourself? Anyone here feed themselves? Do you know that's a blessing? Are, are you able to cough with a full set of lungs? Do you know that's a blessing? They're just My point is this. What I would like for us to do as we wrap up is I'd like for us to give kind of an accounting when with humility, look at all the things that God has done to bless us. Because to be blessed by God means that you are now part of his program, especially if you know Jesus Christ. I've, I've asked Chris if he can play a song, and um, it, it's a little long. I, I want to make sure that as you hear the words of this song, you understand that this song applies only to those who have their faith in Jesus Christ. God's favor upon you is not something that you should take for granted. It is not something that you should take lightly. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to conclude, therefore, with these words uh, that come out of the book of Numbers, chapter 6, and then Chris will play the song. And while, while the song is playing, what I, what I wish for you is for you to close your eyes, listen to the words of the song, and have a moment of reflection so that you can fill in the blank to answer the, answer the question, how has God equipped me by blessing me? The words of the song are printed as an insert. So sometimes as you hear a singer, it's hard to understand what they're saying. So the words are printed for you. You, you should look at those words as you listen to the song and seek to answer the question. Here's, uh, here's this final verse out of the book of Numbers, chapter 6, verse 22. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and to be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And so they will all put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Please listen to this song.